Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Spilling the Shea. I hope you guys are doing well. On the day that I'm filming this, it is Sunday and I filming. Here, here I am thinking I'm a YouTuber. Bitch, sit down. You are a podcaster, not a YouTuber. The day I'm recording this is Sunday and I've had a really productive Sunday. Your girl did laundry, um, cleaned the house, got grocery shopping, went on a run and did a mile, a record time on my run, which is wild because if you know me you know I do not run but since I've been getting into fitness and leading a healthier lifestyle I've started to pick up running and made an all-time record today for a time so I'm very proud of myself um and then I am about to make dinner right after I record this episode but I wanted to get this episode out because I'm just in the mood to talk about this I was just thinking about this earlier a lot of the things that we do or that I do as an Egyptian are so bizarre and maybe to the average American would be like they'd be like what the hell why are you doing this and I've I've already experienced this throughout my life so I figured why not just talk about the uniquely Egyptian things that me and my family do now I do want to preface this by saying that my family specifically is very different to most Egyptian families my dad for example is not obsessed with sports he doesn't really care for like foot like um soccer like a whatever football whatever they call it football soccer whatever football soccer what have you he's not super into that not super into tennis or sports or anything or so i never really grew up with my parents watching that kind of stuff um we also eat fairly clean so a lot of the Egyptian recipes that people know and love, we don't really eat that much because we've always kind of been a little bit of a healthier family, despite me being overweight, but <laughs> that's a product of my own choices, not my family. So there's like so many things. This is just the perspective of me and my family. Obviously, that varies from person to person. So if you are an Egyptian or even I'm sure this will cross over into other immigrant ethnicities. So if you can relate to any of this, just let me know by sliding in the DMs on at Spilling the Shea on Instagram so we can chat this through. But without further ado, oh, sorry, one moment. In true Egyptian fashion, as per this episode, I'm drinking a mint tea, even though it's literally 6.30 p.m. And the last thing I need to be drinking is a cup of tea with caffeine, but I had to go all out. And this cup of tea is incredible if you've never had egyptian tea with mint you're missing out you're missing out all right y'all so i created a list an entire whole ass list and i'm just gonna go through it watch me like when i record and edit this podcast when i put it up i'll remember like a ton of other things but the first thing i have here is shut off now if you're egyptian you're rolling in your grave if you're not egyptian what a shatof is, is it translates to a bidet. And if you don't know what a bidet is, it's essentially an extension of your toilet that sprays water up and cleans the butt of fecal matter after you do number two. So, <laughs> um, you know, in Egypt, the shatof is so popular. It's literally in every home, in every public area. You don't have a toilet without a shatof attached to it. And 
or a shatov in the general vicinity. It's like a standard. And that was when I first went to Egypt when I was like 9 or 10. 11, something like that. Super, super young. And I was like, I'm an American, not an Egyptian. I have a whole episode about that. So if you want to check it out, feel free. But even back then, the one thing I appreciated was the fact that there were shatofs everywhere. Like, literally everywhere. They were everywhere. And I was so excited about that. Because in America, we are behind with the shatof slash bidet game. We are behind. So... A little something about me you probably didn't know in every apartment in every home i've ever been in i have always purchased like from amazon a portable shut uh bidet and i've attached it to i've literally become a certified plumber <laughs> because i have learned how to attach that shit to the to the toilet and it's literally like a staple in my life i cannot i simply cannot go to the bathroom without having a shut off attached to the toilet like it just doesn't work for me and this is TMI, but I feel like I'm not, I don't know how Americans feel clean. I don't know how non-Egyptians feel clean after they go without a shatov. If you, okay, please actually don't describe to me how you can do that or like DM me about that because that's nasty. Actually, it's not, but it's just wild to me that people don't widely use this. So Americans get on the bidet game. Go on Amazon, type in portable bidet or just bidet, whatever. It's like 30 to 40 bucks. Attach that shit to your toilet and feel free and enjoy the wonders of having water clean you. <laughs> what the fuck? What is this podcast, y'all? Oh my god. The next one is pita bread. Pita bread is... I mean, if there could be something coursing through my veins other than what's coursing through my veins, it would be pita blood. Pita blood? Bro, it would be pita bread. We eat pita bread with everything savory. So obviously hummus, aka hummus, obviously um, with falafel, with all of the things that you traditionally eat, or just sandwiches with pita. But we even eat it with sweet things as well. Pita is... Um, is just like a staple in our lives. My mom makes pita from scratch. We eat pita bread with every meal. I mean, obviously now with my lifestyle change, I don't eat it very much at all, but growing up, that was something that I ate all the time. And what we, in terms of like a sweet that we would eat, my family personally would make this all the time um, as like our dessert. This was like our staple. One of our staples was to put probably like a couple tablespoons of molasses with a couple tablespoons of tahina and then you mix it together and then oh um tahina is tahini in english you'd mix it together and then you would eat it with pita bread and it slapped into another dimension into another dimension if you have not tried that go try that go forth and try it it's incredible so pita bread with everything pita bread for breakfast lunch dinner pita bread in every regard you'll find Egyptians with pita bread. That's just, it's a staple. It's a staple. All right, the next one is probably a more of a brown thing than it is just an Egyptian thing, but being overly hospitable. I'm talking like you go to someone's home that even if, I mean, I guess if it's your family or like a very, very close friend, you wouldn't feel the need to do this. But like usually with anyone you're going to their home and you're not like very, very close to them, you would bring something over. It's like a gift of some sort, chocolates, um, some sort of food or whatever. You would always bring something. 
Um, and that was something that was very interesting to me is like, especially, I feel like it's different amongst the young generation, but especially if you're going to someone's house who's like older and you don't bring something, it, it's, it just is viewed as kind of rude. And not in every circumstance. It's kind of hard to judge, but like, for example, for me, whenever I, as an adult, have gone to someone's parents' home or like have visited with like older people that I'm not super, super comfortable with, I will always bring something along with me uh, because otherwise it's just like showing up empty handed just feels rude. Even though they're not expecting anything, that's just a norm. Um, also, feeding your guests until they can't breathe, and all the aunties out there get so triggered, including my mother, get so triggered when you as a guest don't stuff, like, don't take a fifth plate. Like, if you just eat one plate, it's, you're rude. You're rude. It's disrespectful. You have to take five or six plates. Like, you have to take so much food, and they will literally open your jaw and shove the food into your esophagus because they want you to keep eating because they're just it's an overly hospitable culture going along with that the whole idea of like if you like something it's yours this is ever present like you could walk into someone's home and say i love the painting on your wall they would take that shit off the hook and hand it to you and say here have it literally like it's so interesting i feel like my mom would give anything to anyone who wanted it. I would give anything to anyone who asked or wanted it because that's just the the Egyptian culture. You you just give whatever someone compliments you or whatever you are like, do you want it? And like I've often been even in like small things like people could like friends at school, for example, would ask me for a bite of something or for a piece of something or what have you. And I would just be like, hey, do you want it? And they'd be like, oh, no, um, I was just, I just wanted to try it. Like, what? But that's just, it's like a knee-jerk reaction um, to be overly hospitable. And then similarly with that is also staying over for a really long time. Literally, it's not so much my family here in, in the Seattle area. We don't do this as much. But my family in California will stay at each other's homes until like 11, 12, 11 p.m 12 a.m 1 a.m just talking and hanging out and no one like you there's no like expiration date for when people need to leave it's literally just like we'll just stay here all night which is really nice i feel like that community aspect is really cool and kind of a standard within egyptian culture is just community and being always together and always having gatherings and things like that to celebrate or just to have people over and so it's kind of cool i mean obviously it varies depending on family but in most egyptian it you know families there's no such thing as like going home after a couple hours it's like you stay for you know for a significant period of time the next thing <laughs> i'm calling my mother out I don't know if any other Egyptian people's parents or any other like brown people's parents do this, but my mom will have like the church or something religious on the screen, on the TV screen, and then she'll put a cup of water directly underneath the TV screen and then she'll leave it there or she'll put oil in it or whatever. She'll leave it there for hours, for hours, for days. and like because the tv is on with this religious program the cup has officially been blessed and she would <laughs> she would come to each one of us 
and be like, you have to drink from this cup because it's been blessed. And we'd be like, no, that water's been there for days. And she'd be like, no, you have to drink it. So I grew up drinking like probably not the best room temperature, three day old water uh, that was blessed and religious. So um, if anyone else has experienced something similar to that, please let me know. But I feel like that's a standard Egyptian mom thing to do. The next thing is having an order to people's names. So I made an entire episode about every time someone's mispronounced my name. And in that episode, I described the the me and my sister's names and how there's like a story behind why each of us were named that specific name. And they go kind of in order, if you will. So like our names directly translate in Greek to faith, hope, love. So there's some sort of synchronization there. And what I've noticed about a lot of Egyptian families is they all have a synchronization of their kids' names in some regard. So my mom, for example, has a, there's a total of eight. Her, she makes the eighth sibling. She's, there's seven other siblings that she has. Each one of them has a name that starts with the letter M. And then on my dad's side, there's a total of of five. So my dad has four siblings. Each of them have a name that starts with either E or the, like, Y, the E sounds. So, like, even though the name Yvette starts with a Y, it has the E sound. My dad's name starts with an E. And then the only one that doesn't apply there is my dad is the youngest out of the bunch. And he has a name that starts with an F. But otherwise, like, this weird... And literally, you guys, like, every egyptian family that i've seen weirdly has some sort of order or some sort of like even if it's not they all have the same they all have names that have the same letter it's like start with the same letter they all have some sort of thing in common that makes them go and flow together it's very interesting and i don't think that's super common in the u.s i've never seen that but like it's just it's wild like (laughs) Come up with eight M letter names, child. (laughs) All right, the next one is having a salon. A salon is uh, basically a second living room that is super bougie and that no one can ever sit in unless it's a super special occasion. So you'll have like two living rooms, the living room that you use day to day and then the salon. And typically the salon i wish i could insert photos and visuals for you guys to see but the salon just think of the tackiest old-timey furniture like the the gold rims and the tackiest print on the fabric and just like overly gold and the weird ass rug think of all of that that is a salon that is so popular in these egyptian homes and like is my mom's literal like she loves that style and i'm sitting here i'm like if i ever am fortunate enough to be able to financially able to purchase a home the last thing i will be doing is putting a freaking salon and wasting a room but that is like a staple like every egyptian home um actually i didn't have one growing up but every other egyptian home i've seen and especially in egypt is super popular and egyptians typically live in um apartments 
So despite the fact that the apartments aren't always super large, they always have a salon. Like literally my my mom, her whole family, there was obviously her mom and her dad and then eight siblings. They lived in a tiny, 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 tiny two or three bedroom apartment in a city called Ismailia. And I've been there and my fat ass can barely fit in the door. I don't know how like 10 people were living there. But despite having the smallest apartment, they had a salon. (laughs) And the salon was covered with like, all the couches were covered in plastic. And it was like a room you couldn't enter. And I'm like, you have that extra square footage and you have all these kids. Why not just make another room? Nope, gotta be a salon. Y'all, the logic, I just, I don't know where the logic is, but I will never understand that style. And rest assured, I will never have a salon. (laughs) The next one is arranged marriages. Now, arranged marriages don't really happen that much anymore, um, especially in the US, like within the Egyptian population here. I haven't heard of anyone who's gotten an arranged marriage, but there's they're usually like nowadays set up. So like someone knows someone who's single and looking and then someone knows someone else who's single and looking and then they just kind of have those two people meet. It's like Egyptian Tinder, um, except for you're not swiping, you're just going through an auntie that knows someone who knows someone. So that those type of things are really common because when you wanna when you're an Egyptian and you wanna end up with another Egyptian, the network in the US is not super large. So you kinda have to just like go through who knows who, I guess. So that's more common, Um, but way back in the day, there were arranged marriages, and there were arranged marriages that happened in my family, like proper arranged marriages, like the girl and the boy were arranged to be married on a date, and they didn't know each other or really, you know, love each other or anything, so that, that was common really way back in the day, and so like hearing stories about that is just absolutely wild, like I can't believe people that I know have experienced that, but um yeah love egyptian culture but if you're trying to look for a modified version of an arranged marriage we got the setups on we can hook you up with the setup (laughs) the next one is latching onto a name now this is different to the other name situation i described earlier this is that egyptians latch onto a name and that will be the name that like the majority of the population have i'm talking about like millions and millions and millions i think i think the name muhammad is the most popular name in the world i think that's a statistic i heard but in egypt you have a muslim population of people and a non-muslim population so the muslim population the most popular names you're gonna see are muhammad ahmed um amr what else can't think of anything mustafa can't think of anything else off the top of my head but like literally millions and millions and millions of egyptians have those names and then on the non non-muslim side like on for specifically for the coptic orthodox church you'll find that every boy is named mina and every girl is named marina there's no in between there's no in between i mean like i'm an anomaly that my name is not marina we just latch onto names and then we want to name every single person and my mom has this running joke that if a woman had two boys she would name them both mina <laughs> it's actually hilarious but like that is such a common thing in egypt is just like to overuse over abuse these names the next one is probably another like brown thing 
which is fighting for the bill. And I'm not talking about like a polite, no, I got it. No, 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 you got it last time. It's fine. I got it. No, I'm talking a full ass brawl will go down in a restaurant. I'll give you guys an example. I went to visit some of my family in California back summer 2019. It's been like a year and a half or something like that. And it was my mom, my aunt, my grandma, myself, and I think one other person. We all went out to eat at this at this restaurant. And then finally the bill comes and my mom is like, my grandma takes off. She's like, no, I, I've like, I wanna pay. This is like, I'm treating you guys. You guys are the guests I wanna pay. My mom literally, like, it was almost embarrassing, not almost, it was embarrassing, the l- volume of the voices that were raised that day. I was like, no, you're not paying. And they like pulled the bill back and forth. This is not a just my family. This is like a cultural phenomena. You cannot just simply pay the bill. There's no such thing as splitting. Someone's got to pay and someone is going to fight because you want to... And like... Even though I, I would consider my mannerisms more American than Egyptian, I will full-on fight with people when it comes to going out to eat or getting coffee or whatever because I just want to pay. And that's something I love about Americans. They're so chill. They're like, I'm, I was like, I'm going to pay. And they're like, oh, okay. But like, if I'm with a Egyptian or like an African or Middle Eastern or brown person or whatever, they will fight back. They will be like, no, blah, 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 blah. And then we'll literally yell. And this cashier will be like, what the hell is going on but that's like fighting over the bill is a is a standard that's 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 a method of entry into the culture in true spilling the shea fashion is tea aka shea with every meal you have tea in the morning you have tea in the afternoon you have tea in the evening you have tea with your meal you have tea after your meal you have tea with your dessert you have tea in every regard you have Egyptian tea. And I'm telling y'all, Egyptian tea slaps so hard. Egyptian tea is immaculate. It's so delicious, but it's caffeinated. It's black tea. But everyone stays drinking it. And we will drink it at like 9 p.m. when having dessert or fruits or whatever. Like there is no shortage for the amount of tea that an Egyptian drinks in a day. Um, when I'm at home, like we'll drink tea multiple times throughout the day recently like the older we've gotten my parents have stopped drinking tea past like five six o'clock but generally egyptians stay drinking tea all throughout all hours of the day and like when i went to egypt all the times i've gone we've been out until like 12 a.m and like ordering tea at 12 a.m normal super normal probably not normal in other parts of the world and especially not here in the u.s but like A tea is within the DNA. The next one is be kissing cheeks in order to say hello. So it is custom in Egyptian slash Arab culture that when you're greeting someone, you give them a kiss on both cheeks. So you like, like put your cheeks together essentially and give them a kiss. Sometimes you don't know if they're gonna go for just one or the standard each cheek, or maybe they're gonna throw in a third or a fourth and like do a reverse uno card on you. You never know. So it can always be a little bit interesting like how these people kiss and greet. Obviously COVID's made this literally impossible. So now we just wave, (laughs) or at at least I do. A lot of Egyptians still kiss, but that is like 
standard like you enter someone's home you take your shoes off at the door and then you there's like a line of the hosts and the other guests that are there you greet every single one of them every single one of them (laughs) and you kiss every single cheek and then the next one is what i've commonly seen on instagram and twitter and things like that called arab time basically when someone says i'm having a gathering at 4 or 5 p.m you most likely leave that means to the guests that you leave the house at four or five or that you leave the house at six and then like time is relative (laughs) so arab time it means that like it's expected to be late and it's almost kind of awkward and uncomfortable to be on time and this is something that like in any gathering we've ever had we say come over at one or whatever for lunch and they will be there at three or two or whatever that's just that's the culture that's that's what it is and i feel like i have become like after having grown up in the u.s i've become very very punctual and that's just how i am with having to work and everything like that so i'm very punctual so i have to make an active effort when i'm like meeting with egyptians i have to like think reverse my mindset and be like okay they told me six o'clock okay i'll be there at 6 30 like <laughs> and i've like that has come with time because i've realized that no one in the egyptian culture is punctual so if i'm trying to be punctual i'm gonna be early to everything even though it's technically on time does that make sense is this rocket science and then the last thing on my list like i said there's probably a hundred million other things But the last thing I could think of is when it comes to your nationality. Now, all my fellow Egyptians, just take a pause, a deep breath, and really just resonate with what I'm about to say, because this is the ultimate struggle of being an Egyptian. So for those of you that don't know, Egypt is the northeasternmost country in the continent of Africa, which means that geographically speaking, Egypt is an African country. But obviously, if you see, have seen me, are, we are light skinned and we speak the Arabic language and look more Arab than we do African. So when it comes to applications or filling out any type of form, they ask you what your race is. And the options are African American, white or Hispanic or Asian. I'm not Asian. I'm not white. I'm not hispanic but i'm not black which is what they associate with being african-american so it's always awkward they always say to like mark that you're white if you are north african but the thing is is that that is such a like the term white holds so much weight and when you associate a white person you associate like a european looking person in the united states you don't think of me when you think of white so i just it it really irks me that i don't have an option and so i have to put white and i used to do that now i just mark other because i i don't identify with any of the listed options but it is super weird like what do you put do you put white even though that's not how you identify or do you put african-american because technically we are from the continent of africa and we are american but we're not black and it's i i almost feel like wrong putting that down 
So like what I just I don't know y'all I don't know that is the ultimate struggle of being within the North African geography because we don't really fit into a box like and then we call ourselves Middle Eastern but we're not like Middle East is in the Middle East of the continent of Asia like it is Asia not Africa. So we're very, it's a very interesting, I think Libya and Algeria and things like that are in a similar boat, Morocco, we don't really know. So I don't know, still a question mark on that one. But for the time being, I just put other until America catches the hell up and has more options when it comes to race. All right, y'all, I have been talking for a long time. My tea is getting cold, so I am going to go ahead and go, finish my tea, enjoy the evening. I hope that you also enjoy the evening. I hope you have an excellent rest of your day, week, month, year, whatever. And I will see you guys uh, next week.